This is the High School Football America podcast for June the 10th, 2021, and I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability, faster speed than huddle sideline, plus GameStrat has awesome customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And if you mention High School Football America when you go for that demo, well, you're going to get a deep discount on your uh, upcoming season's fees. To get a demo, go to GameStrat or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right, going to be joined right now on the High School Football America podcast by author Hank Golai. Just finished his uh, wonderful book, uh, City of Champions. came out a couple of years ago, but uh, I, I highly recommend you go out and get this because, well, you know, we're going to have our High School Football America preseason 100 coming out. You know, we crown mythical national champs, but back in 1939, yes, folks, uh, way before I was born, even though I'm an old guy right now, Garfield High School out of New Jersey took on a Miami High, and uh, on Christmas night, night 1939 for a mythical national championship where teams actually got to go head to head and uh, Hank Gola has written about it in the the book City of Champions and he is on the line right now to talk about uh, what was a it, it, it as I read it Hank it, it felt like a labor of love but thanks for joining us and I look forward to talking to you about the book yeah it was it, and you know I spent four years researching and writing it and uh, I basically uh, got myself back into 1939 uh Every 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 time I sat in front of the microphone reader, it was like you know putting myself back in time. That was my time machine, <laughs> and uh, I listened to I listened to 1940s radio on Sirius XM. Uh, I think my grandson is the only uh, was the only three year old Glenn Miller fan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I grew up so, on big big band radio, AM radio in Easton, Pennsylvania. I mean that that was nineteen uh, seventies, yeah. and they used to they were already going back. That that was old back then, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Hank, before I we... love the big bands myself. So, yeah, no, it's but it's... I grew up in Garfield. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so so I grew up with this story. I uh, and then I finally had a chance to. Uh, basically write a big piece for the New York Daily News where I was working. And uh, I had so much left over, I said, I could turn this into a book. So I did. Uh, and it, and it's wonderful, folks. It is available Amazon and wherever you can buy books online, uh, City of Champions. And, and Hank, before we get into the book itself, I, I guess for the listeners out there, the first question is going to be because, again, you know, our, our national rankings are coming out. We crown mythical national champs just like USA Today and, and, and Max Preps. I guess the big question, 1939, how did this game come about? Uh, well... Back then, as today, everybody it, well, everybody wants to know who's the best, right? Yep. And, mm-hmm. and this started when high school football started in the, in the 19-teens. Uh, well, in 1939, uh, the, uh, the National uh, Sports Council, which was chaired by Grantlin Rice, was formed to raise money for Franklin Roosevelt's Infantile Paralysis Foundation, which later became the March of Dimes. And, of course, FDR was a polio victim himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Polio was raging then among the youth in America. And uh, they were going to use the proceeds of uh, various sporting events around the country uh, to put toward the fight against polio. And this was going to be the flagship. They were going to have a national championship of high school football. 
Uh, and basically, that's how it came about. They picked a so Miami was always going to be the Southern team. Miami High School was a powerhouse in the South. In fact, it's funny when you think about how Florida might be the greatest state for high school. I know Texas and Pennsylvania will argue, but mm-hmm. so many great high school players come out of Florida. There's so many great high school teams in Florida. Well, back then, uh, Miami High School had to go out of the state to find competition. <laughs> so they played a regional. They played a regional schedule against Atlanta and, and teams from uh, Charlotte and Savannah, and, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. They were all over the place uh, just to find teams that were competitive with them. And they were pretty much the uh, out-and-out best team in the South. And since the game was going to be played in the Orange Bowl, which was only like four years old at the time, uh, Miami was going to get the game. The problem was set selecting a Northern team, and that eventually uh, went to Garfield out of that. Uh, great deal a, a, a very circuitous route for Garfield to that game I, I can imagine uh, everybody clamoring to get that that spot uh, talking with author Hank Gola on the high school football America podcast his book City of Champions I, I did finish it uh, 400 plus pages Hank you, you tested me during a very long 2021 <laughs> high school football season I was sneaking it in uh, if, yeah. if I was doing a soak to relax and all that I, I the, the book was in my hands and I got it done and we're glad to have you on on the podcast today so um you know we found out why the game and and you kind of touched on it a little bit but but what did get you fired up to um you know really kind of delve into what what truly may have been the the best interstate high school football game before that started happening somewhere in the 2000s yeah, well, as I said, you know, I had it. I knew about this game from when I was. A, if you grew up in Garfield, as I did, and mm-hmm. Garfield was always a sports town, uh, mostly a football town, but every sport really. Uh, and uh, you would know if your father was from Garfield, he would give you the story before you even learned about the birds and the bees. You learned that Garfield beat Miami to win the national championship when Benny Babula kicked the winning field goal in Miami Christmas night. Uh, so that was in my head. It was the first thing I even knew about sports. Before I knew anything else, I knew that. Nice. So it was in there. And then uh, when I when I started uh, when I decided to turn it into a book, and I started researching it, it was like every little thing led to something else that was just uh, just piqued my curiosity. And that's why the book not only deals with the football game itself and the two teams. But I tried to put these two teams within the historical context. Uh, it's kind of a greatest generation in the making book. Uh, these are kids coming out of the Depression, going into the war. And, of course, I follow them into the war later. Some of their exploits and her- heroics uh, in the war, a couple of them w- were killed in the war. Uh, but it was just it was fascinating to me, and I just couldn't stop research. I kind of researched it out. I, I exhausted my research. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why it came out to 400 pages. <laughs> <laughs> but the great and, thing about uh, it but is... I didn't, want, I didn't want to leave anything out. You know, that's what it was. I mean, I had so much great stuff. I said, well, I got to put it in here. It was yep. like uncovering buried treasure to me. You know, <laughs> things that people wouldn't know, really, unless they read this book. 
it's like a high school football geologist in some ways or an archaeologist or yeah. whatever it may. You kept digging and digging and digging. So, so Hank, um, one of the things that I love about it is, and you did do an awesome job with the research, but that's, you know, those firsthand accounts when I wrote my book in, about the Texas high school football players and all that, it's, it's getting it right from the horse's mouth, and you have a lot in there. So tell me how that kind of all developed because, again, as I said at the beginning, 1939, I'm 60 years old. I'm an old guy, but I'm not that old, you know. It's even before my mom was mm-hmm. born. So how how did it how did it happen that you got so many you know kind of firsthand accounts if you will? Well, there were only two players, two surviving players uh, right. that I was able to talk to uh, were really good. There, there was there was another uh, there was one other surviving player who was in a, a veterans home, but he pretty much had dementia, and I got a couple of things out of him. But 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 Walter Young, who was on the Garfield team. Uh, was in his early 90s, and this guy was as sharp as anything, and uh, it was great. I would talk to him. Uh, we, we we would do, for, like, who had the book? Mitch Album, uh, Tuesdays with Maury. That yep, was, yep. I had Fridays with Walter, basically. <laughs> we'd sit down, and we'd, we'd spend an hour and a half together and uh, just talk and laugh, and uh, he became a very good friend. Unfortunately, he passed away. Uh, but really, we, we forged a, very, very, a really great friendship over the book, uh, and then there was Harvey Comfort from Miami, and I went. I, I made a trip down to Florida to talk to him, and I got some good stuff out of him. But then also I would talk to family members and then people who just went to the games mm-hmm. and uh, anybody who I could reach out to who would help me with just the slightest tidbit. And that's what I would tell them. When I, would, when I called them, they would say, well, I don't know anything about the game. I said, yeah, but you could help me in other ways. What was Garfield like, you know? Mm-hmm. Growing up in Garfield, what, how was that like? Uh, or in Miami. So I would kind of just try to, uh, as, as any good reporter does, you know, player uh, person A leads to person B. You know, you just keep, keep following that trail uh, until you, uh, you, know, you have your stuff. So yeah. that's how I did it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's wonderful, folks. City of Champions, Hank Gola, the author, go on Amazon. Uh, great reviews of it. It's it's wonderful. Jim Nance gave you a review, which is on the cover. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here looking at it right now. That That's awesome. Um, one of the things that I love about high school football, and I try to tell people this, and, and, and I think you would be a great person to expand upon this, which is back in the day, back in the time of this book, and, and before that, I mean, high school football was really the thing. It's what it what it's what mm-hmm. makes me love the game, right? It's the the fabric of America. It's the fabric of communities, as you've already stated. But but is it is it unfair to say at that point, high school football was was maybe supreme over the the fledgling what was then kind of a quasi pro football type of thing? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, that's the one great thing that I the one great so- resource that I had was that the newspapers of the time covered these high school teams as they covered professional teams. In fact, better. Because mm-hmm. the local, the local papers like the Herald News of Pacific, for instance, I mean, I mean, they covered they covered the pros, but their bread and butter was these high school teams, and they covered them on a daily basis. And there were newspapers now, as we know, and the industry's going down the tubes. But back then, uh, there were so many suburban papers around, so many papers covering these teams that it had a wealth of information and description uh, to get to. And I'll tell you, uh, back then. I, I, if you lived in Garfield, New Jersey, you probably didn't own a car. You worked in, the, you worked in one of the woolen mills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, were you going to go how, – how were you going to get to the Polo Grounds to watch the Giants play? Or, uh, I mean, there's, Rutgers was you know, the local college. You weren't going to go to Rutgers or Fordham. You just, it just you didn't have the means to do it. 
So if you were going to watch a, 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 a sporting event, high school football was there, and it was exciting, and it meant something. Uh, so that the entire community would turn out. Garfield in 1939 played to a total of 79,000 people for the season. Wow. Which is pretty remarkable when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, uh, the one game, the, the, the game that was supposed to decide the state championship, uh, 19,000 people in Bloomfield and it overflowed. People couldn't get into the games, but there, but, but Foley field in Bloomfield, uh, is kind of on a hillside. So, so maybe 5,000 more people were on the hillside. <laughs> so probably 24,000 sets of eyes on that. In that, I think it was 38 or 39, uh, the Chicago uh, High School Championship between the parochial and public champions of of, of uh, Chicago drew a hundred thousand people. Yep. Soldier Field. It was it was the thing, as you said. It was um, college football was big. That's you know obviously the bowl games, uh, but particularly in those areas of the country where there was no college football, high school football reigned supreme. Yep. Uh, it really did. It, 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 it and 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 it still does in my mind. I I guess I'm living a, back, a little bit back in the day too. But yeah, and and the when you when you mention Bloomfield, my mind goes back. I'm good friends with uh, Chris Trapuca, whose dad Frank, of course, uh, yeah. legendary, obviously out of Bloomfield, and his and his brothers Tracy and Todd going to Lafayette. So <clears throat> that just brought back yep. a couple of memories there for me too as well. Uh, Hankel is on the line. City of Champions is the name of the book, talking about the uh, 1939 Garfield High School uh, team out of New. Jersey, uh, winning a national championship, beating Miami high. And we talked about how the, the game began, uh, why it began, and why it was played. Uh, next question, I guess, is you've heard all these stories, right, going into it. You said you were raised on it. You knew your first sporting event memory was about this Garfield team. So you, you, you've got all these stories, you know, urban myth and all that happens in the world, even back in 1939. What, as you started researching, did you find was maybe more of a myth than it was fact any 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 sort of little nuggets that made you chuckle and go yeah oh, that's yeah, the way it happened yeah. well there was always a story Art Argauer was the, was the coach of the Garfield team and there was always a story that he went into the coal mines of Pennsylvania to pull players out <laughs> it's a good area though we had good football in Pennsylvania I'll brag about that but go ahead <laughs> absolutely yes absolutely and that they were you know he had a bunch of overage kids on his team uh, I that turned out not to be true uh, although there, you know, the, because of the depression, kids were in and out of school at the time. They drop out of school, work, help their family, make some money, come back in school. It was a, a, obviously a different sort of time. So the age limit was uh, 20. In New Jersey, you could play up to the point you were once you turned 21, you were ineligible. So actually, some kids played half a season. They turned 21, they were ineligible. Once uh, you're allowed to drink, Florida, you couldn't play anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You, yeah, go you, you go fight in a war too in a couple of years. That's well. true too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, and and Florida's uh, Florida's uh, regulations were a bit. I think it was one year low, uh, higher or something. Yeah, yeah. They they. I think they they did not have an age limit. That's what it was. Florida did not have an age limit. Uh, New Jersey did. In fact, Benny Babula, who was the star of the Jersey team, later played at Fordham, uh, turned twenty one on Christmas Eve. And in New Jersey, if that game was played in New Jersey, he would not he would have been ineligible for the game. Ah. And as the two coaches were corresponding with each other, you know, Yarb- Jesse Yarbrough, who was the Miami coach, quite a character, uh, 
said, I'll tell you what, you play your rules and we'll play ours. But of course, he was the main t- he was the main attraction. The two big stars of the game were both toe-headed star, toe-headed kids. Uh, Davy Eldridge, who later played at the, uh, Georgia Tech, was the little speedster, you know, and he was the big play guy for Miami. And Babula was a power running a tailback, a triple threat, punted, uh, passed, kicked, and out of the single wing. Uh, and and they were they got national publicity going to the game. They in the, in the hype for the game, they were a couple of uh, stories came out that you know it's the the big guy against the little guy sort of thing. David against the Goliath. Neat. Hank Gola on the line talking about his book, City of Champions. And uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to bounce out of the book for just a second here because before we started rolling the tape, Hank, uh, you said, Jeff, you know, the story you wrote here about uh, New Jersey maybe finally getting to play for a real state championship instead of sectionals and bowl games, regional bowl games or whatever they've tried. And it's always driven, driven me crazy growing up across the river from Phillipsburg. But back to the real point. Yeah. Uh, in the story... Oh, you, grew up I, in, you grew up in Easton? I grew you, up... So you were... Ah, yep. you were part of that big rivalry then. Oh, yeah. nothing better than Turkey Day at Lafayette College between yeah. Easton and Peaburg. And you know I'm, I'm local if I call it Peaburg. It's, you know, or, or I can yeah. use the, the locals' pronunciation, which is they, they kind of leave out some va- uh, consonants and call it Phyllisburg. So anyway, with that being <laughs> said, back to my question. So right now, yeah. uh, as we're taping this, and this is on Wednesday, this is airing on Thursday, uh, the state's uh, schools are voting on changing the playoff system system where they'll play down to an overall state championship maybe as early as 2022 and you told me in my story where I said oh they had played to a state champion up until 1931 you said Jeff that's not necessarily correct so let's collect uh, collect things up here and, and and correct the the urban myth on that one well up till 1931 the NJSIAA which was the governing body of high school sports in New Jersey named a mythical overall state champion. Mm. Uh, and they did it uh, basically Dickinson points. There was a Dickinson system, and whoever uh, collected the most points, they would name as the state champion. Well, they got too much flack for it from everywhere because there's always controversy no matter who you pick. So they said, well, basically the heck with it. Uh, we're not picking, and we're getting out of the business of naming state champion. And they named... Uh, sectional champions now in it eventually new it's probably like this in every state but there eventually there were four public groups one two three four new jersey and two parochial groups uh, a and b and within those um, a section uh, with a uh, Wait a minute, sections. No, wait a minute, groups. <laughs> I'm confusing myself here. Well, the, the sections. One, two, three, four. Right, yeah. What, I got yeah, you. Okay. I know where you are. One, two, I'll three, straighten four, this out. Parochial A and B. And then there was North Section 1, North Section 2, Central yep. Jersey, and South Jersey. So four different sections. And, and, this, and the NJSIAA would name, again, a mythical champions in each of those sections. But never did anyone play off to a even a sectional championship, let alone a state championship. So I guess what the NJSIA is trying to do now is trying to determine a state champion in each of those groups, groups one, two, three, four, parochial AB. Doing it like every uh, other state in the nation. <laughs> they're, they're catching right. up to 2021. 
yeah, basically well, what they're Jersey's doing. A little behind. Well, it is, and and I always joke when when people ask me about Jersey football, they're like, "Boy, I see a long list on your website of of champions. Are they all state champions?" I'm like, "No, they're sectional champions." And yeah, 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 yeah. the the group and section thing will confuse anybody, even if you have have, have you know have have an M, you know some sort of uh, high level degree in something, an engineer or whatever it may be. Hank Cole is it's on the line. Yeah, it's complicated, but, but the book is not complicated. It's straightforward. 1939, Garfield Beats Miami High. Um, talking about the book, again, go to, to Amazon to check it out. We're going to talk at the end here of, of, of Hank's website where you can learn more about it. But um, so, so the game itself, um, you know, obviously nowadays it's real easy when, uh, you know, Bergen Catholic goes out to play modern day in Southern California. You know, there was a good crowd there. I love seeing all those Jersey people sitting in the Southern California stands a couple of years ago. Go. What was uh, what mm-hmm. was it like uh, since the town was so hepped up on its Boilermakers and this game? I mean, was there good attendance? Did a lot of people head down to Miami? What did you find uh, as far as you know New Jersey's presence in the Orange Bowl? Well, let me preface that by saying that they kind of screwed things up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? The Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that. Yeah, the organizers. Uh, even though they said they were considering teams from across the country, Billings, Montana, Sioux, Sioux City, Iowa, Casper, Wyoming, uh, Brockton, Massachusetts, uh, oh, there was a number of teams. They're all listed in my book. I actually go with Boys Town, actually, was being Nebraska, considered at yeah. one point. Yeah. Uh, but, but they had their heart set because basically Grantland Rice was the chairman. It was a lot of New York area guys. They figured that to uh, draw the best attendance in Miami, a New York City team would be great, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had the heart set on picking a New York City team. Garfield was obvious. It, it may be across the river from New York City, but it was not considered a New York City team. And uh, and they still, they, New York people still look down their noses at us. But that's a story <laughs> for another day. So, so. Uh, but the problem was New York had a rule. The PSAL had a rule, and actually the state had a rule that you that you were prohibited from playing uh, games, uh, extra extra extracurricular games after the season, and you were prohibited from traveling a, a certain amount of miles from the school. So while well, they figured they were going to get around that, and uh, but they didn't. Uh, they brought in uh, Mayor LaGuardia came in uh, at the end and, and tried to say, "Hey, look, the game's okay. Let these kids go." They eventually picked a team from Seward, Seward Park High School, which is was in the Bowery. Uh, the, 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 the they call them the dead end zone kids. They were those kind of guys. <laughs> and, uh, it was in the Jewish ghetto of, of, of Manhattan, and uh, they had their uniforms. There was all sorts of stories sob stories about it. This would be a great team to send down to Miami, even though they probably would have gotten their rear ends kicked around a little bit because I don't think they were as good. Uh, but they, they were going to send this team down. When all this came up and said, no, you can't, you can't, you can't, then Mayor LaGuardia tries to come in at the last minute and says, please send these kids. It's okay with me. And they said, well, it may be okay with you, but it's not okay with the Board of Regents. The governor got involved. Governor Lehman got involved. He was told the same thing. So they... They changed the format, and then they were going to send a high school all-star team from the metropolitan area. There were two guys from Garfield that were named to it, Babula and Bremwitz, and the coach was one of the assistant coaches. And this went on for a couple of days. They had a couple of practices until the 
New York State authorities came in again and said, look, anybody in this uh, who plays on this team might put their high school diploma in jeopardy. Or at least that was the rumor. So that game quickly uh, fell apart. So Garfield was kind of the last, last contingency, and that's how they ended up getting in the game. But in the meantime, all the time that could have been spent selling tickets, promoting the game, was lost. Mm. And uh, when they thought that they would – originally they said they were going to fill the Orange Bowl with like 30,000 people. Uh, and it ended up being – I don't know, the attendance was thirteen or 14,000. And Miami had been playing so many good they, – they, they had a Southern Championship game. I mean, maybe people were a little footballed out by the time. And the fact that, you know, the game wasn't hyped as well as it could have been hurt the attendance. Now, Garfield people actually did go down there pretty, pretty well. I guess there were maybe, uh, oh, a couple of thousand who made the trip, <laughs> some by thumb, some, some by car, some by thumb. Some by train. Team went down by train. Short its own water. By thumb. Uh, <laughs> that, I haven't thought of a hitchhiker in a while. That's good. I like that. <laughs> and it, and so it was Christmas night, started. too. I mean, I consider that a Christmas gift. I'm a football nut, a high school football nut, but I guess Christmas night was not necessarily the, the right date, right? I, I don't know, because it was a prelude. To, the Orange Bowl was being played a week later. Right. Uh, it seemed to be a good date for it. Makes Miami sense. had always traditionally played a Christmas game. Miami High had played a Christmas game since 1930. Oh, neat. Uh, and they basically gave the, that game. It wasn't designated as a national championship game, but it was kind of like the high school Rose Bowl. Teams would vie to go down to Miami and play on this Christmas Day game. So it was a tradition in Miami. Oh, so, that's a uh, wonderful nugget. That that's a wonderful nugget, Hank. And, and folks, just yeah. things like that. It, it, the book is just wonderful. City of Champions. Hank Gola, the author, joining us tonight as we wind things down here on the High School Football America podcast. Um, let's talk about um, Benny Babula, the the twenty two yard yeah. field goal that that wins it. Um, so so you got several thousand Jerseyites there in the in the stands, probably going crazy and I, and I like some of the ways that uh, the info got back to New Jersey to the Garden State uh, to, to talk about oh, the yeah. coverage of the game that's the and, and by the way folks if you're listening on iHeart or Apple podcast go to highschoolfootballamerica.com there's video of this there's actual black and white video but go ahead yeah. with my question go ahead yeah yeah well uh, they uh, they filled uh, school number eight in Garfield, the gym. In fact, the uh, in fact the crowd just fell in, it spilled into the halls and everything. And uh, on stage, they read ticker tape reports from from the game. Love it. Uh, and uh, Western Union, you could imagine the ticker coming across, and then the guy on the stage reading the play by play, and the and the place would go nuts, and it would have been a good play by Garfield or whatever. And uh, Babula, who kicked the winning field goal with two minutes left. It was the first, the only field goal that he had even attempted in his high school career. It was also the only football, the only field goal kick that year, the first since the previous years, and I'm talking about high, uh, college too, the first since the previous year's Orange Bowl when the kid, uh, kicker from Tennessee kicked a field goal. <laughs> field goals were as rare as, you know, snowflakes in Miami, let's use that. <laughs> so, uh, and, the, and the urban legend, <laughs> urban myth, uh, that you grew up with in Garfield was that, but when Babula kicks the field goal and the guy reads it over the ticker tape, that everybody in the place started jumping up and down and cre- created a crack in the school foundation. <laughs> Guess that didn't happen. I huh? went to look for it. I, I, I found some chip paint. That's about the only thing I could find chip paint. 
there was no no crack, but that was what we learned. Uh, the other the other myth was uh, the myth was that Babula drop kicked it. He did not. It was a placement, and it was held by Greg uh, John Grembowitz, who actually came into the game. wasn't the regular holder. He was he was a star, but he didn't hold on the field goal, and uh, he happened to hold on this field goal, and Babula and Babula booted it through. How wonderful so is cool. yeah? How wonderful is it that that there is some black and white footage uh, from that game? I mean, that's I've watched it. It's 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 amazing. It's I, it, again, like you said, just uncovering yeah. stuff. Well, the thing also, uh, there were if you if you look through the book, there are so many uh, pictures that and illustrations that we're able to use because again, uh, it was publicized throughout the country. So there were there were press photos that were taken and sent out on the wires before the game. So I have a lot of some action photos i have some still photos i have uh they took they took the garfield team out in a boat i have the, I have the kids uh, they, they were they 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 assigned them co-eds from miami high which is kind of cool when i <laughs> I, I spoke to the team from garfield the team from garfield uh, two, two years ago and when i told them that you know they they were each arranged uh, everybody was arranged with a uh, co-ed for the week <laughs> boys will be boys fantastic right so, uh, but it was, you know, they were wine and dine like, like, you know, no, no other time in their lives, but, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, I, but, but, yeah, again, Babulo is, you know, it, and today, if you go into Garfield today, people still know who Babulo is. The legend has, has remained. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful book, folks. Um, and and I, you know, I always talk about this whenever I try to do things. You know, yes, the the if you have a blank canvas, the blank canvas is football we're painting on, but the real story is not the game itself. It's everything around it, the community. Then you know how America was. It's a great great read, folks. I I highly recommend it. Hank Gola on here uh, wrapping up with us, and uh, let's let's talk. Um, you know, the the last part of it, which is the business part. You don't write a book just hoping that uh, I guess some people do I, I didn't I wanted to make a little bit of money on it so how can people uh, aside I, I mentioned Amazon but you've got a website and that talk a little about the business side of it yeah. and how people can get involved and understand more uh, of what you did to get into this book and and get it written yeah well Amazon's the main you know Amazon's the easiest place to go to get it uh, but barnesandnoble.com also has it in some of the other places indie.com any any site uh, books a million all their internet sites have it uh, if there are bookstores that are still open these days, <laughs> uh, I was in one the find. other day. Books a million, as a matter of fact. <laughs> looking for something my mom couldn't find uh, online. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but the easiest way is online. Also, my website www.hankola.com has supplemental uh, information on each chapter, including video. I have you, you talk about the, the black and white video. I have color film from the Garfield Passet game of 1939 where Babula runs for 193 yards, and that is just remarkable. I, any high school football out, uh, fan out there, you really should watch this. It's the single wing. It's beautiful. The single wing was such a beautiful uh, yes. formation. The choreography of it was great. The precision of the blocking, and this really shows it beautifully. Uh, so I recommend going to that. Go to my website, and then uh, each chapter has its little – you know, information. When I talk about the polio scare, I have something on polio and all that stuff. So it's just extra supplemental information. So I highly recommend that as you're reading the book to kind of go to my website and look up the supplemental information. But that will also get you to all the places that sell the book as well. You could just click on there and, and get it. 
Good. Well, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Before I let you go here, uh, I'd be remiss because when I was writing my book, my uh, Wind Beneath My Wings, Trish, uh, took a whole lot of time to do various things to make sure the book got done properly from editing on down. And before we roll the tape here, you said your your wife did too, so let's give her a little shout yeah. out here because it, your name's at yeah. the bottom of it, but she deserves a little bit of credit. <laughs> Yeah, well, I did. I gave her. I gave her a little shout out in the, in the email I know. acknowledgement. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm <laughs> my wife Lillian really, uh, you know, there's so many parts of writing a book, and and one of the parts that you put aside, you do these interviews, and then I don't want to transcribe it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Well, they piled up. I had like eighty something hours of interviews to transcribe. Really, so. <laughs> and that's a bear, so, folks. Uh, but go ahead, Hank. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I said, you know, a, a half hour interview basically takes at least an hour to transcribe. That's the way it goes. And she just pitched in and, 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 and did them for me. And without her, I would not have made my deadline. So that was uh, indispensable. So <laughs> she gets a big credit for that. Yep, the, the the wind beneath our wings is very very important. Even just putting up with us taking so much time as it takes away to do all of that stuff. Angola City of Champions, uh, thank you for joining us, folks. Go online and and buy this book. You won't be disappointed. It is it, it's from a bygone era, but if you're a high school football fan, it will give you those rich uh, memories that uh, that that are the reason you you enjoy the game itself. So, Hank, thanks for taking the time to join us, and uh, best of luck. Ho- ho- hopefully, this helps you sell a couple of books. But great job. <laughs> on it yeah well thank you for having me on because it's really important that we get the word out to people uh you know people don't know about it uh, and you have to know about it to be able to read it and uh, most of the people who read it love it so hopefully uh some people out there will pick it up and and get into it and uh, let me know too i mean you go on my website you you give me some feedback about what you think and if you find any errors or anything like that just let me know (laughs) oh trust me in this day and age people will let you know when there's an error or three in there right okay uh, but i I want them i want them authenticated i I need uh, (laughs) oh you just can't make things up (laughs) no 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 well no (laughs) i I know i'm just teasing you about that but uh no and and, and you fixed me up you you taught me something today which is you know uh the new the history of new jersey state championships so i appreciate that well thanks thanks again Hank. All right Jeff I appreciate you having me on again thank you very much. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by the great new app Small Player Big Play an age-appropriate sports-focused social media platform designed to showcase and connect young athletes parents coaches and their friends. On Small Player Big Play young athletes have the ability to utilize the app and share their interests and accomplishments in a very safe and this is important a very highly secure social media environment. It features live streaming with game day highlights and I love this part of it lucrative fundraising opportunities for your school and your team download the small player big play app on google play and the apple app store that's today's high school football america podcast and i'm jeff fisher